You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I am the producer of this podcast. In today's episode, Candace and Cher discuss the specific ways having a trauma-informed story work coach has impacted their healing journey. If you are interested in trauma-informed story work coaching or receiving more information, reach out to Candace and Cher on Facebook at Processing Trauma Out Loud or email them at CandiceShare at gmail.com. Hi, Cher. Hey, Candace. So how was your camping trip this weekend? Our camping trip was just what the doctor ordered. <laughs> Love it. It was, it was nice. We, we got to tent camp right by the lake that isn't too far away from our home. Just went one night and enjoyed campfire food and just the peace and quiet and uh, just love being on the water and, and had a few little shenanigans, had a, <laughs> had a raccoon that tried to steal my chips. We were looking at the fire and we heard this wrestling sound and turned around. And sure enough, there's a raccoon with my chips in his mouth trying to run away. <laughs> but I will tell you, we got the chips back. And, and if you know me, I will fight harder for my bag of tortilla chips than I would have my steak. <laughs> <laughs> so well, too it, bad it was a raccoon and not a bear, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, uh, so it, that was fun. Oh, yeah. So, so nice to just get away sometimes and play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Today in our podcast, we are going to be talking about why we chosen to invest in having story coaches. And for us, we knew that we wanted trauma informed story coaches because of what we were hearing and learning about the difference between that and, you know, even personally for us, traditional counseling, nothing wrong with that, but we had, we had discovered something else that thought could probably take us a little deeper. And so we invested in the story work coaches with women who were trained in doing trauma informed story work and had spent years doing their own work. And that was important to us. And we have just really not looked back. We haven't regretted, I'm going to say one minute or one penny or lots of pennies mm. that we have spent investing in our, in our story work. Yeah, I'm with you hundred percent. And I'll say also our story coaches have done the work and continue to do their own work as well. Like there's not really a point we come to and we don't have to deal with childhood trauma any longer. It's an ongoing process. And so they too continue to do their own work, which I think just brings so much integrity every time we meet with them as they know what we're going through. They have gone and are going through it as well. Well, the empathy is sincere. Yeah. Love it. They're meeting us from a place of understanding. And what we want to do today is just name some specific things that have changed for us and continuing to change as we heal, as we grow, as we are strengthened in who we are. I'm just curious if you can start this conversation by sharing 
some specific ways that working with your story work coach has changed your life share. Yeah. And it's, it's such a pleasure to do this podcast. We could go on and on and talk about our coaches and how much their mm-hmm. care has meant for us. So today I want to just share a few things. And I think the first thing as I thought about this was the fact that I came into this work with my coach with still a lot of areas of inner resistance, mm-hmm. places that I had a hard time going toward because I still carried tremendous shame, stories that I had never told or experiences that I was still even, you know, dealing with and struggling with. And, but where there was a lot of shame and where I worried that if I talk about these things, I will be rejected. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the first thing that pops out to me it is just the welcome that came from Lori mm-hmm. in bringing it all. Mm-hmm. And when she would sense me holding back, she would invite me to keep moving into the, the hard, the dark, the painful places that were really a- agonizing for me. And yet, as I did, I kept recognizing that, hmm, she isn't turning away, she isn't running. And so that when I was in a sense testing, I kept seeing her coming toward me and recognizing that the things that I thought would be deal breakers, they weren't. Mm-hmm. And there were times that I hesitated to share a story with her. And she literally took time to convince me mm-hmm. that she could handle it. And that was a really big deal for me because I had this fear that my stories would corrupt anyone who heard them and that I just didn't want people to have to carry you know, my stories, which I felt were too heavy. There just were so many times that she said, bring it. Mm-hmm. I can handle it. And if it's hard for me, I have my own coach who I can go to for care. So it just provided that place where I could bring it all. And so over time, I started just bringing everything to the point where when I sensed resistance, that was the thing that I wanted to name. Mm-hmm. I, I want to just say this feels so significant when you said that there were stories that were so correct. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if it was, there were parts of you that felt correct. Yeah. And so her moving towards you was really about saying all parts of you Mm -hmm. are loved, wanted, and welcomed. Yeah. So so yes, the story was hard, Mm -hmm. but at a deeper level, you felt like there were parts of you that someone could not handle. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the reality is that we cannot heal the stuff that remains hidden. And we cannot heal the things we carry alone. And we cannot heal what we cannot grieve. Mm -hmm. And when we feel that our story or parts of our own soul are too corrupt, we stay in isolation. Mm -hmm. And in isolation really is agony. Mm -hmm. And so having somebody else who came forward with the strength and the the tenderness and love that that welcomed me, just so powerful. Then the the second thing I so welcoming, that was the first thing is like she just welcomed me and continues to welcome me to bring my whole self and all of my parts and all of my stories. 
The second aspect I think that has been so transformational for me is that when we have childhood trauma, we have developmental trauma. We get stuck in our places. If I was two years old when I was traumatized, I have aspects of my soul that are stuck there at age two or four or whatever. And I want to just name and I want to give the resource for this is Adam Young. He has a, an article called The Big Six, and you can just Google Adam Young, The Big Six, and he has more on this. But I want to just name that as children, we and even babies, we needed these six things. And if we didn't get them in, in our childhood from our primary caregivers, we have developmental trauma. And so I, I did not get these things. And for sure, not on any kind of a regular basis, maybe little pieces here and there. But I want to just name the six, the big six, not going to define them, but Lori met me in my places of need and consistently offered me these big six. And this has been absolutely life-changing for me. Attunement, which is basically, I see you. Responsiveness, when she sees what I'm feeling or talking about, she responds. Engagement, ability to regulate our hypo or hyper arousal, which we talked about on our previous episode. Strong enough to heal our negative emotions mm-hmm. and willingness to repair. And Lori offered me those six things over and over, which enabled me particularly to go into some of my big emotions that I had had to shut down my whole life, where I was not allowed to cry or to express Mm -hmm. anger or express any emotions. Even after severe abuse, I, I would be threatened with, you know, no crying or else. And if I walked into a room, I would hear words like stop moping, right? I was expected to be happy in a place where there was tremendous harm. So to have a person in my life who was inviting me to bring forward my sadness and my rage, and this took months. I mean, when I met her, one of my goals was that I would be able to cry because Mm -hmm. I had longed to cry for years, but I just could not. And, and, but slowly over time and in the context of my stories, being able to, when I would begin to shut down and she would invite me toward, what are you feeling? And eventually I could name the sadness or the anger, which a long, long time. And and then to be able to move into lament where I had big emotions and big anger and many tears. And she was there with me in the darkest, deepest, hardest places of my life and of my journey. Yeah. So she, I, I want to just say what Lori was doing, because we've talked about integration. There were parts of you that you had to cut off to survive. She invited you to bring those parts back because they were good parts. Mm-hmm. It's good to feel angry over injustice. Yeah. It's normal to feel sad over deep hurt and harm. To be able to begin to feel those in the context of those big six needs being met yeah. has yeah. been life changing for you. Yeah. You use the word normal, and I will add, and healthy. 
It's mm-hmm. so healthy for us to be able to be furious about the things that are worthy of fury mm-hmm. or to cry a million tears that are worthy of a million tears. And yeah. yet when we're stuck in those places of developmental trauma, we just can't. I, I couldn't until I was surrounded by love and care in those places. And, and really for me, I will say invitation invitation to go there and feel it. Then the last thing that I want to just mention quickly is being able to use my voice. We know that evil has been trying to silence the feminine voice since the beginning of time, really, and how effective evil has worked against femininity and the feminine voice. And this is something that Lori and I talk a lot about is even from the very beginning, she would ask me in every session, what do you need today? Mm. And I literally at the beginning, I would freeze. I, I would, my mind would be like, okay, need what, what, what? Okay. I remember one time just saying, I, I don't, I hate that question. And I don't even know what it means. Like what would some options be? And she literally helped me begin to recognize like, what do I need? And it was this repeated invitation of me to be able to ask for what I need and to be able to use my voice. And and still there are many times when I will start to share something that's going on or, or share a piece of a story and my voice will get very raspy and very quiet and it gets hard for me to breathe, but I'm learning how to read, how to feel those things in my body and recognize what's going on and pause for a minute and be able to say, my voice matters. Mm-hmm. here and now and I want to use my voice and I will very gently very tenderly press through doing this podcast has been huge for me to be able to put my voice out and begin to even share some things publicly that I I have never before there's just tremendous freedom in that for me. So I could go on and on. There are a million things that I could talk about, but these are just a few of the ways that my life has been transformed by working with a trauma-informed story coach who is one of the most beautiful people on the face of the earth, my my coach, Lori. Yes. I have to agree with you on that because I've gotten to to know and meet your coach and definitely agree. I also just want to say it's been such a privilege to get to walk with you on the journey of witnessing you using your voice. I mean, the more I come to know you and your stories, it is a huge thing that you are overcoming to use your voice. I do want to mention, um, we didn't talk about this, but I believe it's okay. There was a time, and this was earlier on in our journey, that you popped up with a video to our story group. So vulnerable. And so I'm going to say, I knew for you to do that, you were working through a lot. And I watched that video with you expressing to us what you needed. Mm -hmm. And I just, I was so drawn, like, Mm -hmm. I want to be that vulnerable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you've, you've really gone before us in some ways Mm -hmm. of overcoming that fear of vulnerability. And I just want to say as your friend, Mm -hmm. good job. Mm, Good you. work. <laughs> it, it's, uh, you know, my definition of a hero has mm. really changed a lot in the last few years. Yeah. And I want to say that you're one of my heroes. 
Wow. <laughs> Candace. No, I'm serious, Cher. Uh, you know, because we're, we're, we're up close, right? I, I watch what you have to go through and work through to heal. You know, there, there's a lot of heroes that, you know, I'm thinking of things like CrossFit any, anyway, like building physical stamina and strength, which is amazing. But I just want to say there are people working just as hard to build emotional strength. Mm. And you are one of them, my friend. Well, thank you. As are you. And so I want to turn, flip the microphone. You don't want any more attention? (laughs) I do. I love it. And I, and I would stay here, but I want to make sure you get time too. And I want to hear, and I want our listeners to hear you share about how working with Patria uh, has Mm -hmm. been so amazing for you. So I turn the table to you, Candice. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting when you said her name, Patria, something in my heart just fluttered. I just love her and I feel safe with her. My journey working with her started out with coming from several years of not thinking I would ever be able to trust anyone in a counseling type relationship. I had experienced trauma from my previous counseling. And so the idea of putting myself in a situation like that felt pretty terrifying. So it was slow going for me and building trust, but there was something about every time we began showing up on the screen together, because this has been all through Zoom, although I have driven to where she lives to meet her face to face and do some intensives one-on-one. Every time I saw her body language, her eyes, her tone, I was drawn probably like a child who feels really safe with a good mama. Mm. And, and so for me, one of the most important things was trust. And that's what developed over time. I think in the past, I would tend to build trust, not real trust, but I wanted to trust really quickly. And this time I just knew I couldn't. And, and so her just going slow and you know, I mean, it's been over two years and I do trust her. I don't believe our coaches are perfect, but they are very trustworthy women. So that that's been huge for me. The other thing, as I continue to show up, because I continue to grow in trusting her is that she began naming very gently, but very gently, lovingly, and pretty clearly helping me see patterns that I had in my life. Mm. It wasn't that she just helped me see the patterns because I knew enough to know that there were things that I still struggled with and dealt with that I hated, not just hated, but had parts in me that I hated. But when she began moving me in that direction of looking at those patterns, it was with such kindness and love and helping me see things from a different perspective. That's been pretty life-changing for me because I, I felt like I could be pretty rigid in how I would see something. And she began talking to me about, she would call it the third path. Like maybe, maybe it's not either or and so black and white. But the third path, oftentimes when she would bring this up, it would always just be like, how, how did I not see that? <laughs> but I didn't, my brain didn't slow down enough. Right. I love that. And how, when we are in a place of self-contempt, 
right? Like you said, parts of your life that you hated, right? When we're stuck in those places of self-contempt, we cannot even see another path. We're just caught in that dark cycle. And so she intervened. And, you know, it's almost like her first suggestion, it was too bright, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, what's the third path? You know, what's the path that you can get on today that yeah. will get you moving in a direction? Yeah, really mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. And the other thing about that is the way she would not come into agreement with me when I got into shame and self-contempt and spoke about that little girl, like she was the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and though as we heal and grow, we do begin to see things differently and we do have behavioral changes until we get to the hurt and the pain and the shame. And, and like you said, someone that will move into it with us. Yeah. With another set of eyes. Yeah. You know, we, we will get stuck in the, in the self-contempt and shame. The other thing that really kind of blew me away when I encountered sharing stories of her deep shame is there were times that she would cry. It, it was kind of felt like a mystery to me, yeah. her tears. Yeah. And I had a lot of tears. And so, and I still do. And, and she still will cry at times. And it, there's something really sacred about that to me because it is, and it feels like an empathy I had never experienced. Like she doesn't feel sorry for me. She feels with me. Grief and sadness and anger. Yeah. 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 And, and I would say even for me, I had shut down parts that felt too scary to sit with, but seeing that she wasn't scared Mm. helped me find the courage to not be scared to go to those places that felt too much, even for me. Yeah. You know, the other thing, and I'll just, I'll close with this is when I show up on the screen with her, I, I had never been good at just having a place that I knew that it was okay for me to just receive the care, you know, because I, I wanted to care for her. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm, Of course. And she she lovingly wouldn't really let me, Yeah, you know, so there was just this adjustment period that no, like this is, this is a time it it would be like putting my child up on my lap and just saying, I just, I'm going to be here for you right now. I have what you need. You don't have to do anything to be worthy of my care. And that that's really been healing for me, Cher. Yeah. Which, you know, you needed that as a child and instead you learned how to provide care, even for the people that should have provided care for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this investment that we've made, like I said, I, and we've said this before, uh, we don't want our story coaches to charge double, but we would pay double. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so worth it to work with someone who understands story work and trauma, childhood trauma, developmental trauma, complex PTSD, these things that have so significantly dictated the ways that we have lived our lives and we've wanted to get free, but we haven't known how, and we just needed help. And I wanted to say to our listeners, a couple of things that came out. One, you, you made a point that I, I love so much. And I heard someone say recently, and it's about slowing down because 
when we have trauma, we will try to move through these areas of our pain very quickly, but slowing down is so important. And I heard someone say recently, and I I just love this so much, the slower I go, the faster I heal. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. And we have needed that person who could say, okay, let's slow down. We might spend the whole hour or we might spend the whole month on that one point. And if we do, it's okay because this is so important. Mm -hmm. And then I want to also just say again that one of the most important things in this healing process is for us to be able to feel the sadness and feel the anger for what happened to us. Anger and sadness together is grief. That is the grief that brings healing. Mm -hmm. We cannot get there alone. We can't. We do need help. What I want to say to our listeners just as we close is, you are worthy to ask for help and Mm -hmm. you are worthy to use the dollars necessary to get the help. Yeah. Yeah. Love you so much, Cher. I love you too, friend. Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. Music was created by Caleb Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Story LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.